I really just want to give up and I want to walk away yeah. and I want to say, forget you, God, because I don't hear you and I don't feel you anymore. Um, but he used a lot of really good people in my life to keep me focused on him. Welcome to Behind My Journey, a podcast that is for our community. In today's episode, I sit down with Mackenzie Shoecraft. Mackenzie prefers to plan things out, so when life wasn't following that plan, she had to trust God to help her along the way. Welcome to this episode of the Behind My Journey podcast. My name is Quinn Eaton, and I am sitting across from Mackenzie Shoecraft. Mackenzie, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I know you're a little nervous. It's going to be fine. Um, you have actually been a leader of the volunteer group that I'm a part of. So you've, you've, you've been involved with Journey uh, a lot. You worked with the Journey for three years or almost three years. Mm-hmm. And you told me that you've attended the Journey since the very first service in 2005. That's right. So yeah. how does it feel to just kind of be a part of this church? Because you clearly are. Like you are one of the people from the very beginning. So you play a large role. How does it feel to be a part of the Journey Church? Um, I just feel like I've come a long way mm-hmm. because when I first started going, I was working in um, collegiate ministry. And so I just wanted to attend because I worked in the ministry. So my job, I felt like I was serving already. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just want to go. Like, I just want to go sit there and enjoy church because that's how I grew up in a very traditional Southern Baptist church where I sat in the same pew every mm-hmm. Sunday and, you know, did the same thing. And it was all about what I could get out of it. And so once I started going after, um, I don't know, a year or two, Brett and I started to serve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my perspe- perspective started to change that church wasn't all about me and what I could get out of it. I mean, obviously, I want I want to learn. I want to grow yeah. my faith. And God does teach me a lot along the way. But changing my perspective to make church for those that are not in church and the ones that are uncomfortable and the, or the ones who have been burned in the past mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just other people. Um, I'd never been taught that at church before. I did mission trips a lot. I grew up going to church camp and mission trips and serving all over the world Mm -hmm. um but my actual church like here in america like i was never taught that it was let's make it comfortable for everybody else um well that's that's a really interesting revelation that you have that you're you're going to church (laughs) because i guess as you grew up it was like okay this is something that i do for me and then Mm -hmm. as you grow older and of course attend the journey church you say wow this is actually something that you know, God has given me an opportunity to help others, mm-hmm. which is what the journey is all about, the four campaign and, right. and that motto. So that's actually really cool that it all fits together like that. But maybe taking a couple steps back, um, you said you grew up in, in a church. So mm-hmm. how and when did you place your faith in Jesus? Was there a moment whenever you were younger that you did so? Or was it whenever you were a little bit older, uh, I guess getting a little bit closer to whenever you started attending the journey? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I grew up in church <clears throat> from the time I was born, but I didn't really decide, I guess, to have a relationship with Jesus until um, I think 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to um, a GA camp, which was, you know, camp for girls, um, <clears throat> girls in action. And um, <laughs> it was actually a night of worship and just hearing um, older women tell their testimony and their story about what God had done in their life. 
Um, and I remember thinking, like, I want that. Like, I want, I want God in my life. I want it to be personal. Um, but I was young, and so I did go home, and I didn't say anything for a long time. Not a long time, like a couple of weeks um, yeah. to my mom. And um, she kept asking me over and over, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. Um, and then one day we were walking in Kentucky Oaks Mall, and I just started crying. And she was like, what is wrong? I was like, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. <laughs> and she was like, why didn't you tell me? And I was, um, we didn't really have a lot of conversations like that, like in my house. My yeah. parents were believers and taught me a lot of good things, but I didn't know how to talk about it with anybody else. Um, so I got baptized and... Um, kind of started my relationship there. I kind of headed into middle school. I got baptized that summer before I started middle school. Right. So. I think I can relate because uh, I got baptized at a similar age. Of course, I got baptized whenever I was a little baby, and I don't, you know, of course, I don't remember anything right. about that. But that second time was my choice. I remember asking my mom, like, hey, what do you have to do to let God into your life? And so it sounds like maybe that was, of course, you, you did it at a conference and you kind of realized that this is what you wanted, but having that conversation is a little difficult. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in a household where, of course, we went to church, but like you said, it wasn't always one of those conversations at dinner that mm -hmm. we would have about right. God or anything right. like that. So that's actually really interesting. And it sounds like it might have been a snap of the fingers moment where you were at that conference and you were hearing testimonies and then it all just made sense to you. Do you feel like you were moving towards that and then God placed you there? Or was that the one moment that you can kind of draw back to and say, okay, that's where it all changed? Mm -hmm. I think I was probably moving that direction, but I just didn't realize it mm -hmm. just because I did grow up in church. So, and I had a lot of, I mean, it was that traditional Southern Baptist church, but I had a lot of great people in elementary school, my Sunday school teachers and things that were teaching me biblical things and, and, you know, what kids are learning in church. Mm -hmm. So I was headed that direction, but I think something about hearing people's stories about how God had changed their life and um, just the way he works and the power of prayer and things like that like that's what kind of was like oh uh, yeah. that's just what changed it for me so I don't feel like it was like I mean it was a light bulb moment but I feel like God was definitely like working before before I just didn't really know it I mm -hmm. was young so. right and one of the questions that we always ask is like, were there any frustrations that you felt as you were trying to find that solution? Of course, as a kid, right. there aren't a lot of things that you're worried about, or at least for me, I remember being pretty happy-go-lucky. Uh, but even after you accept God into your life, there can still be some frustrations. Mm -hmm. And then you finally have to figure out, okay, I don't know why I haven't been doing this, but if I just take mm -hmm. this to God, he's going to take care yeah. of it. So if there are any solutions or any frustrations that you felt before you were baptized whenever you were young, uh, of course, mention those, but then what are some things that as you've kind of grown up uh, and then grown with God that you've you've had some frustrations and then finally figured out, okay, God is the solution to this problem? Yeah. Um, I don't really remember a lot of frustrations before. Again, I was, was a kid and I was, I was a very happy-go-lucky mm -hmm. kid. Um, and so I don't really remember much, but afterwards, so I went into middle school being baptized and making, you know, the decision that summer. Um, and then, I guess, in eighth grade, um, there was a, just a big pivotal moment in my life because I went to Heath High School, um, and mm. so that's where um, the shooting took place in 1997 um, at the high school. And so I was in eighth grade, so I wasn't 
physically in the building, but um, because I was in band in my youth group at church, I knew everybody involved. Um, I was friends with everybody that was at the prayer circle. I was friends with um, the shooter and all the ones that passed away. And, and um, a, guy, a guy in my youth group was injured that day with a bullet wound. And so I'm 14 and had this huge moment of like, life is short um, and what does forgiveness look like and how do I move, how do I grieve and move through this really difficult situation like with my faith too. Um, and so something like that can cause a lot of questions yeah and of course makes you grow up pretty fast whenever you're involved yeah we grew we definitely grew up fast um because of that but we had um i had people around me that were questioning you know why would god let this happen and things like that but we had my youth group we were just really close we were pretty big pretty pretty close um and so we had a counselor come in and just worked with us through this. It was a, a Christian counselor. And, um, I think we were just able to forget, like get to a place of forgiveness um, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that would have happened. Like that was, that was God like moving in our lives because um, there's just a lot of hurt and a lot of questions. And um, I feel like some people turned away and walked away from God through that. But I feel like we got to see a lot of people come to know God through it um, because they were able to see people that were putting their faith in him and choosing forgiveness and choosing love. um, And just this really difficult thing was so hard, but it didn't seem as hard, I guess, because we had our faith and our trust in God. And um, that was like a really big pivotal moment in my faith that was like, either like take this and run forward or if not like it's gonna send you backwards right um and so deciding like we're gonna walk through this with faith and we're gonna trust god and um they made a big difference was it one of those situations of course a a tragic moment like that it's hard to i think think clearly in times Mm -hmm. of tragedy so was it something that you motivated yourself to do like okay i need to stick with god here or was it something that was really easy like god was right beside you helping you along the way um, I think it just depended on the day. Sure. <laughs> you know, sometimes it was really hard, and it's hard to wake up and feel scared to go to school, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, there were funerals involved and things like that. So some days were just emotionally really hard, but other days were like, God's got this. And I think my church and my youth group and our youth leader just really rallied around us to make sure that we had a safe place to talk and to process and um, things like that. So, I mean, some days were harder than others, but I I think, like, I knew that he was there and he was walking mm-hmm. through it with us. And what you said is exactly right. That's a moment where people either go forward mm-hmm. and become stronger or it kind of hinders their, their faith journey. So it's really cool to see that you got through that and your faith grew stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that have kind of gone through situations like that, what were some things, because I know you said it depended on the day, but <laughs> yeah. what were some things that you you did during those times that kind of helped you? Uh, like I, I know you said you probably spent a lot of time with your worship group 
and things like that? Were you were you getting into the Word? Were you listening to worship music? What kind of things were you doing to mm-hmm. kind of help you along the way there? Um, like all of the above. Yeah. But I'm such a verbal processor, and so just talking it through with friends. And I remember we would just sit and talk and pray. And I think we were a little abnormal for like 14 year olds. <laughs> um, we just, it, it just really did push us in our face. So we um, spent a lot of time, like I just remember what my best friend at the time, like we would just put on our worship music and just lay in the floor and just talk and we would pray together. And um, her sister was um, a big advocate for school shootings after that. And so we would go listen to her speak and, um, she like went all over the nation speaking about it. And so as she would do it, we would go with her, but it would kind of bring up memories too. So we were kind of processing even a year later. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? And so, um, just talking about it out loud and, um, but I really connect to God through worship music. So I remember a lot just putting on, music and, and listening and a lot of time just praying so right and to go through adversity like that of course uh, at an age that, that, that that's young mm-hmm. that's a young age to go through something uh such as that so moving forward do you feel like that kind of gave you a closer relationship to god uh, like as you grew into adulthood and and faced other challenges that came up i know it's it's tough to say that like something good came from that mm-hmm. but at the same time, it might have helped strengthen your faith in God, right. right? I think it, I think it definitely did. And sometimes I wonder, like, I wonder where I would be if that hadn't happened because it was just, you know, Matt talks a lot about um, pivotal circumstances in our life. Um, that was just a major one for me. And like I said, I had to choose either go forward or go backward. And so I think it just really helped propel me forward. Um, and so hard things didn't seem so hard I guess Mm -hmm. because I'd already experienced something so hard and I knew like I knew how to put my faith in him and it was pretty good um and and pretty easy I guess until um adulthood and Brett and I started trying to have a baby and most people know our story we're pretty open about it but we went through a lot of years of infertility and it wasn't until that that I kind of felt like I hit a wall um and that's another very pivotal circumstance in, um, in my life that was just really, really difficult of, like, God, where are you? Like, you know, I'm praying for this yeah. baby and it's not coming. And um, it was a, a four-year journey of infertility and then the adoption process. And then we, you know, we're blessed with our daughter Grayson through adoption. And God answered that prayer. And it was worth every hour and minute that I waited. But it was mm-hmm. a really, really long journey. Um and I feel like it was the first time probably since I was 14 that I really had to question, like, I really just want to give up and I want to walk away yeah. and I want to say, forget you, God, because I don't hear you and I don't feel you anymore. Um, but he used a lot of really good people in my life to keep me focused on him and that he's he's faithful and even if maybe you never become a mom, like let's work towards that of trying to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just taught me a whole lot about waiting and trusting him and sitting in the silence. Um, that was, that was tough, but yeah, that was kind of like, I think everything was, everything felt 
pretty easy and the hard stuff didn't feel hard anymore until I hit that. And all of these pivotal circumstances that you've hit, it's very easy to give up. And then you've even said yourself that you're asking God, like, why aren't you showing up? Whenever God kind of shows what the plan was, does that help through that through that pain and, and that journey, that tough journey that you have to go through? Because I, I do feel like whenever people go through something that's hard mm -hmm. and you're asking, why isn't it happening like this? Right. And then you finally see, oh, okay, God had this plan mm -hmm. and you come out on the other side. Like, does it help? Because you, you've been through so much. Yeah. Are those moments worth the struggle that you have to go through? Um, they were mm -hmm. because they did bring me my daughter, yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, it was just, it was a long time of not know, like, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see, yeah. um, I don't see your plan. I don't understand where you are and everybody else around me is having babies and so I celebrated along but it was also very very hard of like why weren't you doing that for me mm -hmm. um, and that was me making it all about me um, and so it took me a while <laughs> to get there of it's not just about me um, but it was it was really rough at first some of probably my darkest moments in life um, but we started the adoption process and at least felt like we're going somewhere. Like, I don't know how long this process is going to take and I'm not sure what I'm going to end up with at the end. Um, but we knew he had called us to adoption. We had planned to adopt since we got married. We just always said it was the way we were going to complete our family and not start it. Yeah. Um, but it was, we were finally like, okay, <laughs> our plans are not his plans, <laughs> um, which we learned that all the time. Um, but I think it, I'm a planner, so it was just, it was really hard for me to let go of that. Um, that this is my plan. Like, we're going to be married this long, and then we're going to try, and then we're going to have this many kids, mm -hmm. and this is what our life is going to look like. And God was like, no, That's like, not it's, it's not. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and so that was just really hard for me to let go. Um, yeah. So then once we started the adoption process, I, um, I was excited, but I also had to grieve that I may never carry a child. Um, and that was a hard thing. Um, Jen Johnson walked through that with me um, really well and helped me grieve that and get to a point where I felt like I could let go. And once I did that, I felt like I found a lot of freedom in the wait for the baby. And God just really started transforming my heart to like, this isn't just about you, Mackenzie, because there's going to be a birth mother involved as well. And so he changed my heart from just wanting a baby for me um, to also praying for a birth mom that we could have an influence in her life and be a part of her life. Um, and in the end, that's, he answered that prayer. Yeah. Um, and so we have our daughter, but we also have a birth mother that we have a relationship with. And, um, Grayson knows her story and is, we're very open about it. Um, but we have extended family with her birth mother. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know when it happened. I can't, it wasn't like this light bulb moment, but it was just when I look back over time, I see that he started changing my heart. Um, that was like, I'm going to do this for you, but quit making it about you. Yeah. Um, so. And you've done a phenomenal job doing so because I know personally, I've looked up to you as a leader in the church. You've done a lot of things with volunteer services, and I know a lot of people in the church look up to you for guidance and, and, uh, 
just advice and, and things like that. So, no, it's, it, it's definitely true. So, uh, you've definitely come out, and of course, no one wishes to have those struggles, but you're, you're definitely a, a really great story to show all of these things that you've gone through. And, and you've come out on the other side and you're a leader and you still spread the word about, about God and things like that. And I think that's phenomenal. It's, it's actually really cool uh, to hear your story. So you mentioned Jen Johnson right. uh, helping you along the way. Who are some other key people that have influenced your faith journey or, or have really just been for you, uh, been there for you whenever you need them? Yeah. Um, Jen is definitely, Matt and Jen are definitely one of them. We became friends right after we both got married in the same summer. And met a journey and became good friends with them and so they've definitely influenced our life and our faith and my daughter's life um they're definitely friends that are like family um and we jen is somebody that has seen me at my best and seen me at my worst um and always loves and supports um no matter what um but she we're she's always very open with me about what God is teaching her and what she's learning um, and I can do the same with her but she's always, I learn a lot from her, mm-hmm. listening to her talk about her faith um, and then Mark Witt was our campus minister um, at the BCM when Brett and I were in college and then I actually ended up working with him at the BCM after college oh, yeah. for a couple of years um, and he married us and is also kind of like extended family but I think in those college years um he made an impression on me and you know kept me strong in my faith through four years where a lot of people I mean you just experienced college yes. like people um, a lot come and kind of walk away because the freedom that you have yeah you can yeah. either get really into God mm-hmm. or absolutely walk right. away from it altogether yes so. so my four years of college I grew a ton in in my faith um, because I had he was pouring into me. Um, and then my youth pastor, um, his name was Brian. And so he was, I guess he, I was with him from seventh grade all the way until I graduated. And he was a really big influence in my life, um, in those very impressionable years, Mm -hmm. um, and taught me a whole lot. And he, again, was one that really rallied for us and encouraged us. So those are kind of like the key people that I think about when, we talk about people that have influenced us the most. Yeah, and of course they've helped you along the way, uh, and you have to have that support system, I think, to make it through, uh, you know, the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just just hearing your story and the things that you've gone through, let's say that someone is listening to this episode and has been in maybe similar circumstances uh, where they're asking God, why isn't this happening? or why can't I have this or things like that? And it doesn't make sense to them at the time. What would you say to those people that have those questions? Um, I think find people around you that are going to walk through it with you. Like, don't walk through it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to talk it out, you know? I mean, there, <laughs> there were times where, um, you know, like I said, Jen saw the she's seen me at my worst like there were times where I was just really questioning but she just let me do it out loud like where is God and why isn't he doing you know like she was just really like just get it out Mm -hmm. and then she would give me all the answers that I needed to hear um and so I think finding people to walk through it with you that are going to pray with you and that are encourage you hold you accountable um but I think you know a journey like get involved serving like 
I said I didn't want to do it in you know, 2005. I was like, I'm not going to serve. I'm just going to come. Um, but what good would I... What good would it have been for me just to come and sit in a chair every Sunday? Um, And so Brett and I have just come so far. He's served on production since, I don't even know, like for probably 13 years. Um, And I've done guest services almost (laughs) as long as that, I guess. Um, But just the people that you meet, that you get to serve alongside. um, I love when people join our guest services team and they're a little bit new to church or they're new to faith and watching them grow and watch their perspective perspective change like mine did so long ago like that that gets me so excited mm-hmm. um so I think serving is just really important and it it's going to put your perspective on the other people and not yourself um and then small group which we talk about these things that I feel like a journey all the time these are the key <laughs> things but small group um we've been in so many groups over the years and they've there were just times where I don't feel like through infertility and all that like we probably wouldn't have made it without our little groups that were cheering us on and supporting us and um listening to me cry or whatever it may be but I think group is that place where you where it can be about you and your faith and what you're learning and the questions that you have and things like that so I think those are just really serving in small groups are just really important yeah and it's been great to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. I know it's going to help a lot of people. I'm sure it was probably hard to talk about, but this this is going to help a lot of people that listen. So Mackenzie, thank you so much for taking the time to join the Behind My Journey podcast. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind My Journey. If you or anyone that you know would like to have your journey featured on this podcast, send us an email at podcast at journeycalloway.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And if this message spoke to you, please help us spread the word and share it with others. Until next time, my name is Quinn Eaton, and this has been Behind My Journey.